This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And welcome back to the Cooler Jets podcast. It's Ben Blessington and Michael Nania. Well, Michael, another ugly Jets loss, 15-10. to 15th straight loss to the New England Patriots. A game that was just a disaster from the start, really. I mean, they, they hung around and kept it close and Jesus, they almost won it on the last play of the game, but it just felt like uh, from the get-go, the Pats wanted this game more than the Jets and, and Zach Wilson, any of the poise or cautious optimism that we kind of felt about uh, his game last week was lost in this one. He had a nice drive, I guess, in the second half, but outside of that, I mean, missed open receivers, bailing on the pocket, uh, uninspiring play calling. So there's a, there's a lot to go here. I'm not sure how long this one's going to be. But, Michael, I'll give it to you first. Uh, first thoughts on what we just watched. Those are the thoughts. Those right are all there. the thoughts? Those are all <laughs> okay. the thoughts I got. All right. Well, let's start Let's start with Hackett then. Because, um, we'll, I mean, it's hand-in-hand hand with Zach Wilson. But felt like the play calling was predictable a lot. And you were tweeting about it. And Tony Romo was saying it during the game is that they have to throw more on first down. And we kind of talked about that. In the preview pod, I'll give you credit because, you know, I was talking about, okay, this is going to be the Brees Hall show. This is going to be run the ball, bad weather. Zach hasn't looked good against his Pats defense. The Pats have been vulnerable against the run. And you were saying on the pod, like, they have to throw on first down. They have to to get the Pats to, to back off of stacking the box and, and coming underneath and, and playing the short game. And the Jets refused to do that until, I think it was the fourth quarter, when they had that one drive that got them down there and then bottom punched it in. So kind of what did you make of, of Hackett's game plan and, and the play call? And we've now had three weeks of, of Hackett to kind of to digest it. So how do you feel about, as you put it, the Aaron Rodgers merchant on the Jets sideline? I think it was an absolute joke. I think it was absolutely embarrassing. I think Nathaniel Hackett should be placed in prison for his crimes against <laughs> the good people of New York and New Jersey, Connecticut, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, wherever you watch the Jets from. He should be arrested because this was – this is worse than anything Adam Gase ever ever did because oh. this is the reason. This is the reason he Get has options there. at his disposal. He has options. Adam Gase, he was awesome. Who was he going to go to? Who was Adam Gase going to turn to? That Frank was better. Gore. But Nathaniel Hackett and his gold zone and his buddy buddy and all this friendly stuff that he likes to do just goes with his friends and the veterans that he likes instead of going with the good players who are just sitting there on the bench. No record in this game. I don't know the exact numbers, but he might have played zero snaps or at most one or two. Still got plenty of Uzama. Awesome. In fairness to Uzama, 
In fairness to Uzama, he caught a I, pass. Congratulations! And Build him I, a statue. He had, he had some okay blocks in the run game. Build him a statue. Um, Dalvin Cook is an awesome player. He brings juice <laughs> to the Jets' offense. He gives you that running back duo with Brees Hall, like two-headed monster. You can see at least go back at least, and forth, like all oh, this juice. It's really awesome. So Cook's see, I been guess... great so far. Really like what he's done. Um, the Randall Cobb, he caught a pass. He broke one tackle. Let's go! And he had a penalty in the back of the end zone. That's great. He's awesome. Then Hail Mary at the end of the game. Can't catch that, though. And uh, the, that was like his first catch of the season in three games, and he plays like half the snaps every game. So he's doing great. Love the vet leadership that he's showing. While Hardman sits on the bench, I think he played like one snap on the first or second drive. So that was <laughs> tremendous. Um, Xavier Gibson breaks like three tackles in every punt return, but we can't get him snaps because Cobb has vet leadership, and he's great at separating on his routes and just doing everything the right way. So he's awesome. Uh, so, yeah, and, and you know, like we said, coming into this game, bad weather. Patriots know they have Zach Wilson's number. They're going to stack the box the whole game and dare you to throw. So I know you want to run the ball, but we knew it wasn't going to happen if you just pounded on first down every single time. But the entire game, time after time, run on first down, run on first down. And then they'd follow it up on second down usually and then not let Zach throw until it was third and long. And granted, Zach was absolutely atrocious, so I don't blame Hackett for not trusting him, but this was a recipe for disaster if you're just going to run into walls and then ask him to throw when he's already in a bad position. So they had to throw the ball on first down to lighten up the box. And Tony Romo was begging for it the whole game. And I was already saying it before the game. So me and Tony, Tony were in lockstep there and they never did it. Just continued running into stack boxes, never worked predictably. So Nathaniel Hackett should be arrested and I am going to take him to court for his crimes against the Jets fan base. That was an embarrassing performance by him. And that's not to let Zach Wilson off the hook. We'll talk about that because that was probably worse. But, I mean, just embarrassing usage of personnel and playing to the situation, considering the opponent and what your team is doing well and what they're not doing well, just truly not doing anything to maximize the situation. Yeah, and just absolutely no creativity, too. I think that's the one thing. And you mentioned Hardman and Gibson not getting reps. I mean, that's been a big focus from from Jets fans. But, like, where is any of that pre-snap motion, those just easy gimme plays? I mean, I watched the highlights of the Dolphins game where they put up 70 points in, like, the third quarter uh, against the Broncos. And you just see how many manufactured yards Mike McDaniel's able to scheme up. And clearly this is not the offense the Jets thought they'd be running. They they brought in Hackett to lure Aaron Rodgers. And then I'm sure Rodgers is the type of guy that, you know, Hackett has his – his play calling, he runs the meetings, but that was going to be Aaron Rodgers' offense. Aaron was going to be like, no, okay, we're going to run this. I'm going to check the play to this, you know, hot route, you know, Garrett to this, slide the protection this way. This was Aaron Rodgers' offense, and now you're left with two guys and Zach Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett who had maybe the most embarrassing 2022 seasons. I mean, certainly the most scrutinized running this offense. And, you know, I, I think Zach Wilson is better when you take the training wheels off, but then you're worried about him turning the ball over. But he's clearly a better quarterback when he just plays confidently, lets it rip, and you just if you have the mentality of being able to live with the mistakes and the turnovers. And in this game, bad weather, in the rain, and the wind, clearly the Jets drilled it into him. We can win this game if you don't turn the ball over. Do not turn the ball over. It's okay to take a sack. It's okay to throw it away. And he looked timid for three and a half quarters. He looked like he didn't want to make the mistake. I mean, really from the first rep from that first third down where he just went down and took the sack because he clearly was worried about the strip sack or whatever. And there are, there are reps where Zach either has to throw it away or take the sack. And 
and he gets booed where I'm like, all right, well, there wasn't anybody open. And clearly the Jets don't, they're not putting guys out there to, to separate. But then there are other reps where it's like, there's a guy wide open right there. I mean, the third down on the second to last drive, which was really the last drive because the Hail Mary, you know, that would have been a miracle. But the two-minute drill with Zach Wilson, you have two timeouts, you have good field position. It was third and 10. Garrett Wilson's wide open on the drag route. I mean, it doesn't get much easier than that. Michael, you and I could complete that pass. He's looking right at him. I don't know what spooks him from, th- from not throwing that. And then you come back on fourth down, fourth and 10, and he dumps it off to Conklin for two yards. And it's like, that's not the first time he's done that. I, I can't think of a specific example, but I know from the, the first two years of his career, we've had a lot of two-minute situations. And it's like, last play of the game, here it is. It's like fourth down. We need the first down. It's like two yards to Conklin, two yards to the flat. It's like, I know there wasn't anybody immediately open. Lazard was breaking open. I'd rather he just throws it up to Lazard and sees what happens. See what happens. And it's also like, you have a guy in Garrett Wilson who's, we would say with Aaron Rodgers, one of the best receivers in the league. And he doesn't even look his way most of the time. There's a number of one-on-one opportunities where it's like the Pats go with that single high look. They stack the box. They have a man coverage, one-on-one with Garrett Wilson and a rookie corner. Zach doesn't even look at him. And I don't know if that's on coaching. I don't know if that's on him. I don't know if that's just the development of their reads. But there are a number of times where I'm looking at Garrett and I see him get a nice release off the ball. He's open. Throw it to him. And so I don't really know where the Jets go from here. I have a feeling that – and we'll do the Chiefs podcast later in the week for a different discussion. But I have a feeling that they'll – open things up a lot more on Sunday and just because there's two mentalities. There's a mentality of like, and we'll get to the defense. You were critical of them, but they did only allow 13 points. We'll get into that. I can see your face. Um, There's two mentalities. When you have a great defense and your guy, Aaron Rodgers goes down, it's either, okay, we have this guy, Brees Hall. We want to be able to run the football. Let's play that 2009, 2010 ground and pound football, you know, game manager, quarterback, play great defense and win a lot of low scoring games. And that's what the Jets did a little bit last year. And that's seemingly what they're trying to do with Van Hackett. The other way to look at it is like, look, you have this great defense that's good at not allowing touchdowns. They have given up some yards and have held teams to three and, and whatnot. But the other way to look at it is like, take the training wheels off. You're not going to win in this league unless you have a guy who's throwing downfield. And Zach Wilson, the key word with him is confidence. I don't know why Zach Wilson is more of a head case than every other quarterback. It seems like he's nervous. He's, he gets booed. It seems like he's in his own head. I don't know what that's about, but it's like he's a better quarterback when he's just not thinking, when he's just throwing downfield. And it seems like in this game it was drilled into him, and which I don't think was necessarily a mistake because I would have said the same thing. It's like, hey, the Jets can win this game if you don't turn the ball over. Just take care of the football. It's okay. We just can't have you unravel like you did at the end of last year. But now I'm kind of feeling like heading into KC, and again, it's for a different podcast. Let him throw downfield. Let him throw. Like, you know. Because if you if he turns it over, you have the defense that that can hold up their end of the bargain. I don't know how you feel about that. I guess that's a, a jumping off point with Zach Wilson. How'd you feel about him? I felt like all the poise that we saw last week, and I say all the poise, and it's like it wasn't like he was Tom Brady out there last week, but I felt like we saw him stepping up in the pocket. We saw some good ball placement. He didn't look like the moment was too big for him. Granted, he had three interceptions in the fourth quarter, and they lost by 17 points. So this is small baby steps. But seemed like he had showed some good poise last week. And he came out this week, and he just seemed timid and afraid to make the mistake. He's clearly in his head about about Belichick and the weather and the fans and blah. So, Michael, what did you think about about Zach Wilson? Yeah, I'm done. I'm out. I'm not buying into <laughs> the optimism anymore. I mean, what did we say? For two games, we said, like, there are signs of progress. You can see it if you're watching, but the production needs to be there at some point. And then here we get a game, a you know, must-win game for all intents and purposes, because you know now you sit here and it's very hard to picture 
a road to success. So important game, a chance to exercise your demons. And like, look, there were problems. Like I criticized Hackett. Run game wasn't good. Protection with this new O-line that they tried, which I give them credit for trying. That had its issues. But nonetheless, all game, especially in the key moments in the game at the end, where you had a chance to overcome the issues at the start of the game and still win. Wide open receivers running around and just complete lack of poise and confidence. All the things we praised the past two games out the window, completely out the window. So I'm done buying in. I'm not going to, you know, you know, buy into the one good drive he had in the fourth quarter or what he did the first two games. It's over. I'm not going to be sucked into it anymore. He's not a good quarterback. He shouldn't be starting. And what we said the whole offseason that he wasn't even an ideal backup this game. This is what you feared. The game like this where the defense and look, I, I have some criticisms for the defense. I don't think they were great. I think they could have been better. But at the end of the day, I think especially with those last few drives, they still only gave up 13 points and did everything they needed to give your offense a chance to win the game with even just a mediocre performance. And it was just 2022 all over again with a good defensive performance being wasted where even an average quarterback could have won. But Zach Wilson can't see a drag right in front of his face. He can't see Lazard open on a dig over the middle with no pressure. He can't throw the ball away and not take a safety can't not take a sack when you know there's open receivers and he has space to step up and scan the field so i'm done i don't even want to talk about how do you maximize him or anything because we're going to keep watching him the next few games it's going to be what it is you know sal is going to be confident in his guys like he always is and they're not going to play well and hopefully by the bye week we can get somebody new i i just don't want to there's no way to make him good like what good offensive performances have they had with him under center in his entire career, in which he was a big part of it. Zero. I want to, I mean, Bucks game, None. Titans game. Loss. Should have been a loss if he, if they made it. Anyway, yeah, game. okay, come on. Okay, okay one I game, know. three hey, years, I'm, two I'm years ago, the third be. game was free. You said none. I, you, wanted, you wanted an example. No, it's not good. Okay. Enough. He's not, that's true. he doesn't look that's like true. an NFL quarterback. He's, he doesn't look like an NFL quarterback. I mean, that's what it comes down to. And you can say, Hey, look, he wasn't supposed to see the field this year. He wasn't supposed to see the field arguably until 2025. But at the end of the day, they took him second overall. He's had enough NFL reps to not look like how he looked at times. He didn't turn the ball over. He had the one nice drive, you know, but not good. Enough. I guess, you know what? Like as, as much as we want to say that he was really improved for the, for the for, through the first two weeks, did he look that much better against Buffalo? Like I Are did notice a no- this game. Yeah. Like, did he look that much better? Like, he had a touchdown drive. They were inept the entire game. He didn't. He at least didn't make the mistake in this game. Meaning, like, hey, no, it wasn't that much better. I mean, it's just, but yeah, it, it wasn't that much better. They just won the game. I think if they didn't, like, say they don't score that punt return touchdown, and the offense has to go back out there in overtime. I mean, what are the odds that they score and win that game? Probably not good. They had one good drive in which Zach Wilson made passes, and the touchdown on that drive was one of the greatest catches we've ever seen. So it's not likely, and he kind of, you know, it, there was legitimate progress that we praised. I mean, like, he made easy throws and stuff like that, but it's just how no, low the bar on, is. On the, first, on the first throw of the game, that little swing pass to Garrett that he completed, and Garrett slipped, uh, which was an omen for the last play of the game, I guess, too. Um, but he threw it out there, and it was like a one-yard game, but I was like, all right, nice pass. And my dad like kind of looked at me like, what? And I was like, you know, hey, he was missing those last year. I know it's like a swing pass, but the ball placement on those swing passes have been, have been there was, terrible. I had a similar thing. Like right after the Jets game was over, they 
put on the Vikings game or I switched to it and Kirk Cousins just made some like simple out route to Hawkinson. I was like, Ooh, what a pass. And I realized like, wait a minute, that was really simple. And I was like, wow, I'm just not used to seeing that throw as simple as it is be executed in that way. Yeah. Like uh, maybe it's just the human part of things where it's like, I can't help but feel like a little bad for him when he's just getting booed. And then I'm like, all right, we use the second overall pick. He's getting paid $35 million. He's a pro quarterback. 35 million guarantee. Nah, sorry. There is also part of me that does feel like, and maybe this is, uh, well, you're, you might kill me for this take. I kind of feel like he'll be like Geno Smith, though. I kind of feel like five years from now, you'll see Zach Wilson pop up as like the quarterback for the Titans or something. And be but all but right. even Geno, like at this stage of his career, had so many more signature performances. He had the Falcons game. He had the Dolphins perfect, perfect passer rating game. Like he had, he beat the Patriots at one point in his rookie year. Like yeah, he had games that you could point to. Antonio Allen, okay. beat the Patriots. Yeah, they, didn't they have like twenty-seven points that game? I know that was part of it, but that'd still be Zach Wilson's best just, game by far. Nonetheless, like there were games, the lows were low, but there were games there were high points in the Bills game at the start of his rookie year. Like there were games where you're like, okay, yeah. I can see it. If he, puts he just it doesn't have the he doesn't have the mental he doesn't Zach have the mental Wilson hasn't even had one game like that. Like, even like you can point to the Titans game, whatever. But like he missed so many throws at the end of that game where they had a chance to seal it. And they didn't, and they eventually it should have been a tie if they make the field goal at the end. Uh, and before he hit those couple of big plays in the third, fourth quarter, or whatever, he missed a bunch of throws before that too. And that's like his best, most memorable game. The Tampa Bay game was good, but they still blew that at the end. And still, that was yeah. like solid, not not great. Even Darnold, if you want to talk about Darnold, who you know I've been very critical of. He had great games where he could see the potential. The Houston game, the Green Bay game. Dallas, um, the Denver game, the Dallas game, and just look, looking at his rookie year, the Colts game where he went toe to toe with Andrew Luck and beat him. Like Zach Wilson doesn't even have that, so I'm just, yeah. I'm, I'm completely out. Like he's gonna be playing the next few weeks, and we'll try to figure out ways to win and keep the season alive. Because look, you're one and two, you beat the Chiefs, you're two and two, or everyone's back on the train. So like crazy things happen in the NFL. So yeah. we'll still be here That's and try the- to win the games, but I'm not gonna buy into Zach Wilson. Like it's over. He's not the guy. He's not going to lead you to the playoffs this year. He's not going to be the franchise quarterback in the future. He's not going to be any of those things. So we'll just see how long it takes before they make a change. And I, it's a good, I know it's unrealistic to change it right now. Like, just go get Carson Wentz or whatever, throw him out there against the Chiefs. Zach Wilson's going to start this game. That's an unfortunate reality. But we'll see how long it takes until something else happens. Because I would, I would be shocked if Zach Wilson starts the rest of the Barring injury starts the rest of the Jets games this year. Someone else is going to be starting at some point. Yeah, he just doesn't have he doesn't have the mental makeup of a of an NFL quarterback right now. Like it just it seems like he's always nervous. It seems like he's in his head. He makes some boneheaded mistakes. He has like field blindness at times. And I think the thing that you, you see all the physical ability and you're just kind of hoping if he can get his confidence rolling. Like you saw at times, like you said, he doesn't have a put together a full game, but like even that fourth quarter against Pittsburgh, which I'm just struggling to pull examples, but like he's had a few times where it's like, okay, you can see first half. Okay. The first half against New England last year, which I know he imploded in that game. So I'm not, I'm not trying to be a Zach Wilson apologist. I'm just saying like the only hope you have is that if he could get his confidence going and he could kind of like leave some of this shit in the past, but like he just can't, like he just, 
he makes too many mental mistakes to ever be like, do you ever see that guy, even if he gets it kind of rolling and the jets are able to win nine games or something. And it's like, okay, Zach Wilson's hit his stride. I have no faith in that guy going on the road in the playoffs. Like, and that's, that's a hundred steps in the future. Like no chance. It's not even close for him to make the playoffs right now, but I'm just saying like, he just doesn't have the makeup of a guy where I'm like, he just has that clutch gene where I'm like, all right, he's got it. Like he, every game I'm like, all right, here we go. Every drop back, I'm nervous. Um, but yeah, I mean, in fairness to him, he wasn't supposed to be playing this year. I mean, he's two second overall pick in the draft. He's seen enough action for to be at least competent. But he well, wasn't he was supposed to be playing because he was the second overall pick, and this is his third no, year. But we, he's supposed but to be starting last year, right now. Last year, we knew he was broken, and then the the idea was you bring in Rodgers and let him rehab on the sideline for a year or two, and then see what you got in him. Because if you could rehab him mentally, he has the physical tra- traits. We'd see what we have in him. And it's like, he didn't get a chance to do that. He had an off season. It's not excusing. It's still a bust. I mean, I'm just saying the reality of the situation is this was not their plan. You, what you can criticize them for is that maybe they should have brought another backup. You know, they should have had somebody yeah, else. Which we've been saying all year. This never should have been in the cards. Like, uh, I don't know. Um, it is tough. I mean, any positives from this game from Zach? I mean, that one drive. No. A few nice throws. No. No positives. Nope. Okay. <laughs> I tried. Um, let's talk about your guy, Dalvin Cook. Can we just cut him and play a Banacanda? I think a lot of people owe you an apology, Michael. I mean, I was really hoping you were going to be wrong on this guy, and it's three weeks, so I'm going to give Zach Wilson any sort of, let's see what happens. I'll give it to Dalvin Cook, too. But Jesus, I don't think, I think he's broken one tackle all season. He sees a defender, he just goes down. He doesn't run through anybody. He doesn't get around anybody. You and me could get the same yards that he gets. I mean, seriously, maybe we get like one or two fewer because we're slower than a professional athlete, but he's he just gets the ball and gets what's there. That's it. A a Banacanda could get more yards than than Dalvin Cook. That's what it really comes down to. And like, look, the Jets clearly brought in Dalvin Cook because Rodgers gives back $35 He wants playmakers. He likes this guy. He's watched him in the division. The fans are chanting for him at practice. It's a it's a big move. It's a way to like bring in another playmaker. It also made sense because Brees Hall tore his ACL, and you're like, okay, well, this guy you can bring him in. He's a starting level running back, and we can ease Brees back in. But you got a lot of hate for you for for saying I'd rather Zonovan Knight than Dalvin Cook. I'm be honest, way, I'd rather Zonovan three for thirteen today, four point three yards per carry, which is double what Dalvin Cook has this season. On his three carries. I'd rather see a band of yes. Kansas. That's what it really comes down to. And this is kind of the symptom of the whole offense. And I don't know what, what saw. And I guess defense too, if you throw Carl in there. I have to rewatch to see how Carl looked. I think he was a little better than he was last week. But specifically on the offense, it's like Rodgers is out. There's no reason Cobb should be playing. Cobb, the only thing that Cobb gives you supposedly, I think, is, yeah, the veteran presence. Like he, he did draw the, the P.I., and I'm sure he just he's at the right spot at the right time, whatever. Like he has some of that, and then he's supposed to be a good blocker. Although he got destroyed on a on a swing pass early in the game, that was a, a ball to Dalvin Cook. But Rogers is out. There's no reason to have his buddy out there. Randall Cobb is now the new receivers coach. That's how I would view it. Because Miko Hardman and Xavier Gibson, like this this offense lacks speed on the perimeter. Like Alan Lazard is, I don't know how you feel about him. He's got a little bit of the butterfingers, but I like his size. I like that we have a big body receiver. I wish we could see him more in the red zone. And again, we were supposed to see him with Rodgers, but like, okay, fine. You're going to have one receiver that's not really much of a man beater. Maybe you can throw it up to him. He can bring it down, but he's not going to separate. You have Garrett Wilson, who's the ultra separator. 
But you need that that speed in the slot. You need Hardman or Gibson out there, somebody to, that can give Zach another man beater. Because otherwise, you have Conklin, Lazard, and Cobb, who are all bigger, slower. Cobb's not really big, but slower receiving options. Nobody's separating, and then he's he's forced to throw into tight windows. I mean, that seems like a very obvious fix to me. And then Dalvin Cook, very obvious fix to me. Give a band of Canada his reps, or you could go Carter, but I'd rather see a band of Canada just based off what we saw in the preseason. And then you know, before the the injury to Dwayne Brown or McGovern, you could make the same case for them. And then on the defense, you could say the same about Carl Lawson. So we'll stick with the offense. What do you kind of make of? I mean, I, I know you touched on it in your in your little rant there, but like Cobb, Cook, what are we doing with these guys? I mean, Uzama, I left him out too. The, the, so much for the whole. We need to get Jeremy Ruckert more involved. Yeah, so he, much for that. Like complete lie. Snaps. Everything Sal said this week was a lie. In some ways, good because I like the O line change, but yeah, I, you can't trust anything he says to the media at this point. Um, yeah, I mean, Cook is like I wanted to be wrong on Cook. I really did because winning's most important. I don't care if he has a 99 yard touchdown every week and my opinions are completely invalidated if that means the jets win that's more important to me but this is exactly what i figured we'd see from a a running back at the stage of his career who's declined every single year for the past three years in a row to the point where last year he was clearly significantly below average but everyone ignored that because he had good volume totals and fantasy stats um but here you go here's your 28 year old cooked running back with over 1500 touches in his career who's running for two yards of carry and can't break a tackle to save his life like there was a pass in the flat they threw him later on where he had the angle on a guy and he just runs out of bounds and like his juke attempts are like he's running in quicksand he doesn't do anything creative to like be patient and set up blocks in the way that you see hall do it and you look at the box score and coke actually had more yards per carry than Brees did in this game but when you're watching, you can clearly tell that Hall is just creating more than Cook is. Like, I mean, Hall had a couple of carries where he's just dropped for like five yard loss immediately. But then there were some plays where Hall is just making guys miss, and you're like, I don't think Cook gets the same yard. So he, he just doesn't bring anything to the offense right now. You think, you think that's what Michael Carter was yelling at at uh, Taylor Embry, the uh, running back coach? I saw Cook was like sitting there on the bench in the background, just looking depressed. Yeah, like, he didn't Carter was like, This guy sucks. I should be playing it could, over. It could be. I would absolutely play Carter. I like because Carter has. We know he's not a home run hitter, but sure doesn't look like Cook is that right now either. But Carter at least can bounce and like break some tackles. He has that elusiveness. I I got to give him some credit because maybe he's the only guy in offense I'm going to credit. He had a lot of good blocks in this game, and in the past couple of years, blocking was a weakness in his game. But they're trusting him on third down, and he did have a lot of really good blocks in this game. So shout out to him. Which. That alone makes him better than Cook, who they don't even trust to block. And that's another thing, because he's so bad at blocking that every time he's in the game, you know it's a run because they don't want to use him in the past because he can't do anything in the past. So he's completely useless. And then, again, Ruckert is not playing in this game. Uzama's lining up in the slot. Everyone is so threatened of Uzama in the slot. He's going he's gonna to cook you. <laughs> Absolutely intimidated, like shaking in their boots. So more wasted reps. I think he was out there on the just, Hail Mary, too. don't get it. It makes no sense to me. Yeah, I think I, I want to go check the, the personnel on the Hail Mary. And, like, look, the Hail Mary is not the reason they lost that game. But I, I was literally saying, I think because the Pats called a timeout. So before that, when they were running out of the field, I was like, why is Randall Cobb out there? I was like, I'd at least rather have a guy like Hardman who you know can fly down the field. And, like, look, it's not the reason the Jets lost. Who knows? Maybe if Hardman's there, he's not in the same exact position Cobb is in and Whatever, but it's like if Cobb doesn't slip, the Jets win, which is it would have been the craziest fucking ending ever. 
I would have lost my my shit. So weird, so weird. Because I like, think about how we are right now, and they're that close to actually winning. He literally, it's it's not even that he dropped it. I mean, he dropped it, but meaning like he slipped. Like if he doesn't slip, he's in perfect position. He would have been in if he doesn't slip. He's in perfect position. He catches it, scores. The Jets win. It's one of the craziest wins. I mean, before the Jets had, had scored their touchdown early in the the drive, I was like, I'd already resided myself to defeat, so I guess I wasn't too down after this loss i was already like they lost this game like i just had already and then all of a sudden it was like wait there's 10 minutes left in this game and they're driving and it's like okay they, they can make it a three-point game um but yeah just all sorts of issues on offense i'm really fascinated to to see what they do next sunday against the chiefs i, I know we're out on zach wilson both of us i do think they'll bring in somebody i hope it's a step above the reported like chad hennies and brett ripians but they feel like zach wilson's their best chance to win and honestly at this point he probably is I mean, we'll see what they have in Tim Boyle. How crazy would that be, friend of the pod, Tim Boyle? We keep we we're not talking about our guy. We're not talking about our guy, Tim Boyle. But he was like the coolest athlete we've ever interviewed. He was so nice and like interested. Didn't he come up to you before the Panthers game too? Maybe maybe we should start the Tim Boyle movement. Maybe that's our our role here. That's our agenda is Tim Boyle Hive. But regardless, I think they're going to bring somebody in and. Until the bye, I mean, I guess I guess the Cardinals brought in like Josh Dobbs two weeks before the season, and he looks better than Wilson, unfortunately. Um, so it's possible they could bring somebody in, and then I, I don't, th- I just don't see them making a change that's not Boyle until after the bye. Like if they bring somebody in, I just don't see how you throw them out there against the Eagles, against the Broncos in two weeks. Like I just don't see. I think I think Wilson is your quarterback for the next three games, and I think all you're looking to see. Is I, I think they have to just take the training wheels off of him. Also, by the way, I'm looking at some snap count numbers in here. We got yeah. like this is stuff you can include in a court document if you're part of the prosecution. Let's this is it. absolute criminal. So we got Randall Cobb here, and he guess that what his snap percentage was in this game. This one is just out of this world. 85, 72. Just being first two games he was 45. <laughs> so if you thought he's playing too much the first two games, he was over 30 percent, almost 30 percent more in this game. CJ Uzama, 27 snaps, 44%. Jeremy Ruckert with a grand total of one snap in this game. I saw it. One I snap. saw he had one snap, and they ran it to his side, and you know, I think it was just tackled. Absolutely unreal, criminal, crimes against humanity. He's a third-round pick. Like, it's not like this is a third-round third round pick. And he's three. been good. Like, every <laughs> single time he plays in the preseason, he's good. He played in the finale last year against the Dolphins, he was good. First two, first game of the season, he throws a key block on an 83-yard run. 83 yards, the second longest in the history of your football team. Go ahead and take a seat behind Uzama because he's got cool hair and he brings us to Broadway plays. He's a veteran leader. We need that leadership in the guy. huddle. Hackett, Hackett likes he's a goofy guy. We need those jokes in the huddle, everyone. Unbelievable. Like I usually don't get this mad, but because the team's usually just bad. <laughs> like, they the have podcast. players. <laughs> they have players. Like You can make your team better. By sitting these players who are not good at football and are playing for, they're good at football, but just relative to other professional football players, they're not. You could sit these players and you could play the other players who are performing well and it makes your team better. It's very simple. But, and you claim you know in your press conferences that you want to do it. You tell the, the media, Jeremy Rucker needs to play more snaps. And here's one snap for you, Jeremy, our third round pick last year who's done nothing. There's no, there's no excuse that, in that he should play. Zero. There's, there's no excuse on that too because it, it wasn't like he can use the. The Miko Hardman excuse of like, oh, well, we just didn't have enough plays, or this is the also game. Hardman, like, by the way, two snaps. Jesus, it's like this is a run-heavy game, and they did have enough drives where you could have thrown Ruckert in there. I mean, they went twelve personnel. They had Bodden out. How, what was Bodden's snap count? 
he had five. Okay, well, yeah, I mean, still a lot for a guy who, no, I mean, he had the touch. Good job, good job in the touchdown. Credit to him, but it's not like their fullback runs. I'd rather see, either. I'd rather see Rucker than Bodden if we're for choosing, but I'd rather see both over Uzama. I I don't know what they do here because it seems so obvious to us, but then it's like well, there's the you know, first of all, we're podcasters and their coaches. So I guess we'll concede that, but it seems pretty objective. Some of these things that the jets could do. And, you know, I guess from a coach perspective, they're managing personalities. They know what these guys look like at practice and in the film room. And, you know, maybe hack, it feels like, okay, Cobb is a good veteran to have out there for Wilson. He'll be in the right place at the right time. But like, I'm sorry, there's just so many changes here that they could make. And like, not that I want to hark on, on old jets, lore or whatever but like um if the jets had put ray lucas in it this is a completely different team but in 99 when Vinny went down if they put ray lucas in earlier parcells has admitted that he feels like they would have made the playoffs completely different circumstance i don't know if tim boyles or ray lucas but meaning like there are players that you could put into this game that you could change but for whatever reason whether because they're veterans because whatever they've done in the past because of their personality contracts contracts draft status you're not putting him in there. And it's like, I think you'll look back and regret this. Like, I think Gibson to me is that guy that will be playing in December and will be like, why the fuck wasn't this guy playing until week 12? It's like, he makes it, like you said, he makes a guy miss every single time he has the ball. We saw it in preseason too. How many passes short of the sticks did he turn into a first down? He has chemistry with Zach Wilson. He has the speed that you're kind of missing on offense. It's like, put him out there instead of Cobb. Give him some design touches. I guarantee you're going to stay ahead of the sticks better than your, you know, first and ten run, second and ten run, third and eight sack. I mean, that's what the offense looks like. So, you know, it's early. I think nobody's going to want to hear this. This is what I said on the preview pod, though. Week three last year was the Bengals game when the Jets fell to one and two, and then you think about okay, Zach Wilson comes back and they they steal that Steelers game, and then they go on and win uh, against Miami and Green Bay and Denver. They go on that run, and then Brees goes down, and then they have the emotional win against the Bills, and then the nightmare Pats game, and they bench Zach Wilson, they bring in Mike White, and then it's like the time from week three to Mike White throwing to Braxton Barris in the goal line against the Vikings, how long does that – that was like a whole fucking three years. So it's a long season. It's week three. The Jets are going to have to make some changes, though schematically or personnel wise, they're going to have to make some changes. They cannot, this is too good of a team to sink the season on, on Zach. I, I agree. He probably gives you your best chance to win right now, but they should bring somebody in. They should bring somebody in, have somebody ready to go after the buy and they should let Zach throw a little bit more. You can't, you can't play scared. Like I know you want to play that ground and pound defensive style of football, but I just don't know if you can win in today's NFL doing that, especially if you're not getting big explosive runs. They were able to beat Buffalo because they had that big explosive run in the in the Gibson punt return, but it's just not a recipe for for winning football. Um, I guess we can go to the defense. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I mean, do, do you make? Uh, do, I guess here's what I'll ask before we go to the defense. Do you worry about uh, Zach Wilson kind of losing the the locker room a little bit? Like you already see Garrett on the sideline getting animated. You see Carter. Get yelling at, at the running backs coach. Not that this is all Zach. I think this is just frustration boiling over because this is supposed to be a, a Super Bowl team and now you're out here, you're one and two. But to me, even the defense at times looks flat. Like they got going in the second half, but I think that when you have in the back of your head, like what does it even matter if we get this stop? They're going to go three and out and we're going to be right back on the field. That mentality is just, 
I think it's making the defense play a little worse. I don't know if that's just pseudoscience, but kind of what do you make about managing the veteran personalities in this locker room that, that want to win a Super Bowl? How do you kind of approach this if, if you're Salah? I mean, I, I do think there is some risk of that. I, we're, we're already seeing it. There, there were a lot of shots on that sideline during the game with you know just players getting into heated arguments and stuff. And I'm, I'm sure they're competitive and it's, you know, not – not mean spirited in any way. And they've already, you know, Carter already said to the media that, you know, they, he hashed it out with Taylor Embry, the running backs coach. So, um, I mean, there's like, everyone came into the season with such high expectations and, you know, with Rogers going down, I think everyone's realistic and they understand, okay, there's going to be a drop off. We have to understand that, but we hope that we have enough as a group to still accumulate and be able to replicate some of that impact, make up for it as a group, and hopefully Zach can pull up his end and we can still compete. But, you know, with the way that he's playing, like it's it is hard. And we and we saw last year that there were some implications, you know, with some of the ways that the locker room reacted to Zach's comments after that one game, uh, and how quickly they rallied around Mike White after Zach Wilson was out of the lineup. So I mean th- there's definitely some risk of that. And I'm that's why I'm interested to see like how long this rides out. I mean, the bye week is the obvious um, point you could look to as where it makes sense to get a new quarterback, work them in, but you still got three games ahead of that for the season to get out of hand, two of them against reigning Super Bowl teams. And, you know, if this continues, like it, it feels like things can get out of hand. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. It's not our place to like speculate about that without really knowing how they actually feel. But I mean, Garrett Wilson already had like some subtle comments to the media today where they asked him about like his production, why he's not producing. He's like, I don't know. There could be a variety of reasons, just kind of like alluding to it as much as he can while still being professional. So we'll see what happens. All right. Defense. How'd you feel about their, their performance? Was it bounce back worse offense than, than the Cowboys that they played last week? Um, didn't create, they're not necessarily getting the, the pressure that I think we all thought they would get. Um, I mean, I think teams are doing a good job of keeping in tight ends and running backs and, and chipping guys, um, to kind of disrupt this wide nine front, but still, it doesn't feel like there's getting this the push that you would kind of want. They're still doing a nice job of holding I mean, they're a really tough team. They make you just take the short stuff. So if teams are willing, like the Patriots are willing to take the short stuff, they'll get yards and slowly and methodically move it up the field and be in those third and fives and third and sixes and move it up the field and then have to settle for three. Because if unless the Jets get a sack, unless they get that one play or penalty, unless they get that one play that puts the, a team in in the second and 15 and the third and 15, like in, unless they're in those situations and you just kind of stay ahead of the chains and you keep taking what the defense gives you, you're going to get yards uh, and until there's a drop or a, a great tackle or something like that. And that's kind of what we've seen for the first two weeks. The first week we saw some of that pressure and we saw the turnovers, but the last two weeks – haven't had the big plays in terms of turnovers and sacks. And so you just have, you're just kind of getting slow, methodical offense, settling for three, and then a lackluster offense. So what do you make of the defense? You were a little critical of them on Twitter. I think that was some of it was just frustration. Only yeah. 13 points allowed, yeah. but two, two missed field goals and weren't great on third down. They had that really bad third and 15. So I don't know. What do you think about, about this defense so far? Are they, are they underwhelming you? Well, Look, I, th- I think at the end of the day, like you realize they only gave up 13 points and the majority of NFL offenses 
win this game with that performance. And in that case, you win the game and you're like, I think you mostly credit the defense. So I don't think it was bad by any means, especially I think in the second half of the game, especially fourth quarter, when they started chaining together those clutch stops that give the Jets chance after chance, yeah. they really saved face with those end of game stops, like especially in obvious running situations. Um, despite the fact that they did struggle with the run at times, they made stops when they needed to, and they got the ball back to the Jets. So it wasn't bad, but you know, at home against Mac Jones in bad weather, I expected more. They didn't get any sacks. They didn't get any takeaways. And they did have, a, they gave up eight third down conversions, eight out of 19. So not the worst conversion rate. Again, they saved it at the end a little bit, but um, there were some drives that felt like they could have gotten three and outs, stopped it quicker, flipped the field a little bit. And they got drived a, you know, a decent bit. And with those two field goals could have been 19 points if both were made. So, not quite as impressive as 13, but still very much within reach for an average NFL offense. So I don't know. Overall, I thought it was, it was just okay. It wasn't great, but at the end of the day, it's, it's still like 90%, 95% offense while you lose this game. But I okay. think you could still ex- expect more from the defense at the same time. But uh, a few, a few things with the defense. Uh, yeah. The pass rush doesn't look as good. And I know the, the Pats got the ball quick in this game. They throw a lot of screens. They dump it off, and and that definitely helps. But there were still plays, especially on third down, where they were dropping back, and there's plenty of time to get there, and the Jets couldn't get there. And Jones had some conversions out of those clean pockets and situations where last year, that's where the Jets were really doing damage. Third down and obvious pass situation, teeing off. And it's not happening so much this year. And I think a reason why is Jermaine Johnson's playing a lot of those third down reps, and he's not really winning. I mean... He plays a lot more reps than I think people realize. And this first two games, he was around 70. This one, 70% of snaps. This game, he's over 60. And passing game, you pretty much never notice him. And he's playing a lot of snaps. And it's because he just doesn't really win that much. And he's good at the he's stunts. Good. He's a good player. Yeah, good at, for sure. Like there's, uh, I think Hugh got home on a stunt once. A couple, at least one or two hits where Jermaine was a part of it. So he's good at that. Amazing run defender for sure. Like really good. Um He's a great hustle guy, like chase down sacks. Um, if a play breaks loose, he'll chase it down down the field and stop it. So he does. he's a good player, but he's still not a great one-on-one pass rusher. And in third down, that's what you need. And he's playing a lot of reps, and he's not really winning those. Versus last year, it was usually Carl Lawson in those spots. And he, even though he was underwhelming, he was pretty good. He was above average. But Jermaine, with his win rate this year, has been pretty well below average. And I think that's where you're seeing the drop-off. Because you still see Huff winning a lot you still see q winning a lot but it's just not all there together so you're seeing hits and hurries instead of sacks and so i think that's an issue and then uh, al woods it just doesn't feel like he's a fit in this defense i mean he'll stuff a couple runs but again this is a guy who's playing a lot of snaps like he's not really a specific run situation nose tackle in this game he played uh, about 45% of the snaps, so almost half the time he's out there. Yeah, and they rotate too much for a guy like that. Right, like it's not – in the league today, like the, what's the league average for passing? It's probably like 60-40, 65-35, something like that. So the standard is that a situation is a pass situation. Unless you're in third and one or, you know, third and 15, a really obvious run or goal line, really obvious situation like that, the pass – is pretty likely and teams could throw the ball. So Woods is playing a lot of pass rush snaps. And if you notice most of the reps where you're like, where's the pressure? There's a huge pocket there. 
it's usually because Al Woods is just stationary right at the spot where he lined up because he can't rush the quarterback. He's very old at this point. He's never been a pass rusher, and he's even less so now because he's old, and that's not his game. So he's that's hurting the pass rush. A lot of JJ's hurting the pass rush. McDonald was active in this game but only played 10 snaps, 15 He had a nice, nice rep where he got held. I think it was towards the end he of the did. first half. Um, and then Bryce, like, here's the thing with Bryce Huff, too. He's made some good plays against the run this year. Like, I know. <laughs> uh, there was one last week, and there was another one this week where he got caught on the field in a run, and he came over and he made the stop to save a potentially big play. So he's starting to show that. It makes you wonder, should he be playing more snaps? Because still 23% in this game, mostly yes. playing obvious yes. pass situations. <laughs> yes. He's got to be out. Carl Lawson, they did. He had 14 snaps, 20%. So just on both sides of the ball, we'll, the coaching we'll see. is disappointing with the distribution of the snaps with the personnel. Obviously, injuries happen, and so we'll see kind of how the D-line rotation unfolds throughout the year. But I think by the trade deadline, assuming everybody's healthy, they got to trade. I would say Carl Lawson is who they have to trade because I would rather have Bryce Huff. But if they have done the math and they're like, hey, we're not going to be able to bring Bryce Huff back, He's getting interest from from teams. We lost Rodgers this year, and they're able to trade him. I think I think they'll send him off, even though I think Bryce Huff's the better player. Because like you're saying, yeah, I've noticed him in the run game a few times now. And I'm like, okay, there's no excuse for this guy to be playing 20% of the snaps. You want to keep him fresh, okay, you, good because you rotate your defensive line. But like this guy's a bet. This guy is better than Carl Lawson at this point. I would say. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah. I think he's probably your best pass rushing edge rusher, right? And so, Huff, probably, oh, oh, yeah, Huff, Huff, yeah, yeah. Are they talking? About, and so yeah, then, Huff, number one, yeah. So he's your best pass rusher. He's better than Lawson, and he's made improvements against the run. I'd like to play him more, and I would trade Lawson and then see if we could keep Huff around. But they did draft McDonald. They have a lot of contracts. Maybe it won't be able to happen. But I agree, they have to find something. And like you said, Al Woods, I think he's great against the run. I like having that beef. You know, towards the end of the game, it was nice because it felt like we had some. You know beef up front. I don't know how to describe it. We just had size up front. It felt nice at the end of the game where it's like we're in that in that third and three and it's like, okay, well, we got Al Woods next to Quinn and Williams. I feel good about this defensive line. Nobody's getting bullied here. The Jets are going to control the A-gap. But like you said, when teams see him out there, because they do these hockey subs, and it's like he's out there whenever it's the middle of a drive and it's like, okay, well, we got to take the first team defensive line out. Let's put Al Woods and Quentin Jefferson and um, Carl Lawson and I guess we saw we saw some Will McDonald in with that unit, Bryce Hutt, whatever. Whenever they see Al Woods out there, it's like, all right, let's just dial up a play action. Because, like you said, the clean pockets. You know, he, I guess he eats up space, but he's not he's not in a gap reading system. He's he's in a system that's designed for all four defensive linemen to be. I mean, not to be cliche, but all gas, no break, to be pushing up field, to be getting pressure. And it's like he is a he's like he would have been perfect in the Jets' old Todd Bowles three four or even even Greg Williams. Like a, de- a defense that pr- predicates your defensive lineman to be reading gaps and maybe eating up space. And like he's good at that, but he's proven that he's, like you said, he's just not a, he's not a fit. And if they didn't rotate as much as they, they do, and you could just keep him situationally for strictly run situations, I'd like it. And I think that's kind of what we thought they were going to do, but they're using the hockey subs again. You know, it's like they have their starting lineup and then they, they bring in the backups and they put out the starters again. And they, you know, they, they mix and match them a little bit, but I just thought, that I, I think Al Woods is out there too too often in, in pass pass rushing situations. Um, I don't know what else to say about the defense outside of I mean the the only reason that this game they gave up the touchdown. I mean not the it's not the defense's fault like you said it's it's the offense it's ninety five percent the offense but 
If the defense doesn't have that blown coverage, I feel pretty good about the Jets holding them to at least three. And so I guess they still would have lost, but I don't know. I got, like, I got a great stat for you here. Another one oh we could throw on against Nathaniel Hackett. So oh God. Back again, to what offense. we say going into the game, you want to throw on first down. So prior to the fourth quarter, because we know fourth quarter, catch up mode, different situation. You change your mentality. Prior to the fourth quarter, the Jets had 12 first and 10 plays. 10 of them were runs. How many yards did they gain in those plays? 19. 1.9 yards per carry. Jesus. Unreal. This is exactly what we said all week long. It's, it was plain as day. Like, I know nothing about football, and I knew that. And they still See, I don't say you went ahead and did that. Like, I, I, I know a few Comparatively things. to Nathaniel Hackett, you should. A touchdown of six points. I know that. But, like, but again, like, I'm not even like, – I'm never going to claim to – know more than an NFL coach or anything, but some things just feel like they're really clear and you'd expect that a coach should be able to work with that, but they weren't able to do that in this game. We I, like, I get it. You want to run the ball. You don't trust Zach. And, and we understand that because the guy's bad. We went over that, but still, if you want to win, you have to take the chance to throw him first down sometimes because you can't run the ball. If you're just going to run it on first down every single time and the defense has no fear of your passing game. You have to at least show them, hey, we will throw it sometimes, so back off a little bit, or we could potentially punish you for it. But no, they are showing to the pat to the Patriots, we have zero faith in our passing game. We're just going to run it. And you get 1.9 yards of carry on first down and a bunch of second and third longs, and that's when you really see how bad your quarterback is because it's an unfavorable situation to be in. He and, and Tony Romo was saying this the whole game. And also credit to Tony Romo. I kind of criticized him last game, but this game he was, he was really on it. He was making a lot of good points, although it's kind of easy to analyze how bad Zach Wilson is. Um, but he was saying the whole game, like that's when your quarterback has the leverage and you know the comfort. That's where you can put him in a safe or a you know favorable situation. Because, you know, the run is a threat. They do expect you to run the ball. And you do have those matchups on the outside. Not on third and second and long where they know you're passing. And they didn't do it. So, Nathaniel Hack, Sorry. He's worse. Than- this is worse than Gase. This All is right. worse than Gase. You have- he isn't it's worse than Gase. He- in the end, he could be better. But this was Gase level on every single sense of the, you know, as much as you could possibly be. <laughs> Do you think uh, – I don't even want to say this. <laughs> how, much, uh, how much do you think the weather impacted things from an offensive standpoint? Any thoughts? Uh, on- I mean, what do, you, what do you – the slipping. The slipping. That was – I mean, first play of the game, Garrett Wilson, that was probably seven, eight-yard screen, and he slips and turned it to one yard. Uh, there, there was a lot of slipping throughout the game. I think that – Definitely had an impact, but it didn't. Well, and also play calling, play calling, yeah. and then also Zach Wilson. Well, he, I mean, also the, field the rain goals. wasn't field goals, and then also you know, the, I think the ball slipped out of Zach's hand a, f- a few times. Then also, it just kind of seems like he, you know, maybe he would have been timid on a on a clear sunny day too. But he didn't trust himself as much. He struggled in cold weather and bad weather games. I mean, not even just the the cold windy game against the uh, the Pats last year, but that that game against Jacksonville. I mean, go back and watch it. It's Maybe the worst quarterback performance. I mean, maybe that earlier Pats game was worse, but like they couldn't move the ball at all. He couldn't throw. And so I've kind of always been concerned about him. It's like, you know, even if he was able to turn the page and you're like, okay, hey, we at least have something here. He's that 20 to 24th ranked quarterback this season. That's all we kind of need to be at least competent. It's like by the time December and January rolled around, like I don't know how much faith I have in this guy being able to, to put up offensive production. It's like, look, Mac Jones was not good today, but at least he was able to, 
at least his offense was able to move up and down the field. And it seems like Zach Wilson just doesn't have that same. I don't know. I was just, I was, uh, I don't know how much of it you could attribute to weather. I just didn't know if you had any thoughts on if, if that was impacting him and the game plan at all, or if it's just, if it's a non-factor. I mean, I don't, I don't think it had much of an effect. Do you, like I said, do you think it affected it? I, I think it did against Jacksonville. Like, cause I went down in the field that game and I was, I threw on the ball around and I was like, geez, I mean, like I'm not an NFL quarterback, but I was like, Jesus, you can't even, you can barely see it's windy, like crazy. You throw the ball, you know, it flies 10 yards to the left because of the wind. Um, so I, I felt after that Jacksonville game, it's like, okay, he was terrible in this game, but it's hard to, to play football or for him. It's, it's seemingly impossible for him to play football in bad weather conditions. Lawrence was okay in that game. So, you know, whatever. I just didn't know if you had any thoughts on in this game, if it, how much did it affect him, but I don't, you're saying I, not much. I don't think it did much. I think he stinks. I think he stinks too, but you know, I don't know. I was just trying to. It was more mental stuff than throws. I mean, he had some. He did have some really good throws. That's true, right? Like, I feel like it's more just. You know what? You know what pisses me off? All that. You know what pisses me off? I tweeted it out, and then you don't have to say. I don't think had anything to do with my tweet, but CBS did start doing it. Is it pisses me off when we don't get to see the all twenty-two replay on like a coverage sack, like the first sack of the game. It's like you see Zach, and he's looking. He's looking. He has time. He's not throwing it, and then he just kind of goes down. And I don't know if he got hurt or what happened, but um, and cover clear coverage sack, or at least clearly he was looking at something and didn't know where to go with the ball, and then just went down. And then they just you know they show the replay of Zach in the pocket going down, and then they punt the ball onto the. Pit. It's like no, that's the Zach in the pocket is not why that play was not a first down. It's like let's see the coverage on the field, let's see what he's looking at because. When you see the all twenty-two, then I mean, I'm I'm worried about seeing the all twenty-two in this one. I feel like, you know, just from the brief all twenty-two we saw, there were open receivers that he wasn't hitting. Um, but there were a number of times where it's like I really want to see what Zach was seeing. I'm a little scared for it now uh, to to see your your reaction to it, but I, I don't anticipate it being very good. Um, I guess last thing, just to, to wrap up on the defense because we pivoted back to the offense. I just, how would you kind of address the uh, the Jets' pass rushing woes? I mean, in terms of of your rotation. Next week against the Chiefs, high-powered offense, one of the best quarter, the best quarterback in the league. Um, how are you playing with this rotation? Are you giving more reps to McDonald, more reps to Huff, less to, to Lawson, less to Woods? I mean, how are you divvying things up? Uh, I think I would start with McDonald being more of a fixture on the third down packages and take away some of those Johnson reps and keep him to more of the role he played last year, first down, second down. That's where he's at his best because uh, on third down, I think there's just not enough explosion and bend like that you should be getting in that situation that McDonald can give you. So I would start that, and I, I don't want to totally phase Lawson out yet, give him a little bit more time, but in this game, it felt like he was getting locked up again, so I'm not sure if he's 100% healthy and can really contribute much of anything right now. So maybe give him another game or two, but then you explore maybe – putting him inactive, trading him, giving some of those reps, reps to McDonald. And then I would think about giving Huff more snaps on first and second down because, I mean, his run defense doesn't seem that terrible to where, you know, I would totally keep him out of that situation at the cost of not having his elite level pass rushing for more snaps. So those are some things I would think about. And Oh, and then with, with the defensive tackles, I think you got to try to find ways to, at least keep Woods only obvious, obvious what run was, situation. What was Jefferson's snap count? Uh, Jefferson this game. I'm going to 
I'll see if I can find that in a second. But um, but yeah, like I feel like with Woods, and again, it's hard to do because the only only time you really know a run is high highly likely is goal line, third and one, stuff like that. So that's only a couple of plays a game. But he's playing a lot, and he, there's a lot of pass rush reps being wasted on a guy who literally does nothing. So um, looking at Jefferson this game, he played 33%, Thomas 32 so Woods is even playing more than Jefferson at this point. And if you're going to choose the bad run defender, good pass rusher, or vice versa, you take the pass rusher. So that's another thing they could do. All right, last thing. Trade targets, QB targets, anything this week? It seems like this. we'll see if they do it this week. They're going to do it at some point. Is there anybody that's on your radar, or is that something that you'll you'll dig into more this week in terms of who could they bring in? That could learn the system over the next four weeks and then replace Zach after the bye. If the, if Zach really doesn't look too good and the Jets are, you know, one and five, maybe two and four, and him struggling, they can make that switch. Who's kind of the guy that maybe you're eyeing in terms of turning the page? Carson Wentz, Tim Boyle. You I'm on Tim board Boyle. with Wentz? I'm... Not really. There's no great <laughs> options here. There's no great options here. So I'm thinking who has the most upside? And you know, Wentz has played at an MVP level. He was the number two pick. I I think I'd rather Zach Wilson than Carson Wentz. I don't know. No, you wouldn't. Come on. <sighs> I don't see Carson Wentz. Only two Wentz years ago, Wentz had 27. How about Josh, touchdowns, how about Josh Johnson? Oh, man, we're getting really depressing. I'd rather, so I'd rather Josh Johnson than Carson I'd like Josh Johnson over Carson Wentz. Like he was balling maybe, in that Colts game. Maybe I get. Maybe I gotta ago. go. He was. Maybe I gotta watch Carson Wentz again. But I just feel like he's just a bigger Zach who's slightly better. Just like big arm. He's but definitely we'll, better. Yeah, he's, he's not definitely. Good, but he's I, definitely say, I, I know he's better. I just mean like I don't really see him being the guy to kind of manage the game and get the Jets up and down the field. He kind of seems like a guy who's going to turn over the ball a lot. Maybe have some nice throws and garbage time and like. I don't know. He doesn't strike me as a guy who can come in midseason and play all that well. Also, wasn't there like locker room issues with him? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe Carson. I think he was the first name I floated out when Roger got hurt. So it's like, I, I don't know if I love Matt Ryan just because behind the cell line. Yeah. I think you need some mobility back there. Kind of feels Josh like Johnson. potential Flacco 2.0. <laughs> Although Ryan is probably, I mean, obviously at his peak, he was better than Flacco at this point. How does he compare to the Flacco we got the last couple of years? I don't know. He didn't look great with the Colts last year. So, I mean, that was a bad situation. But, I mean, Ryan or Wentz, like, I, I just would like a legitimate option. Not like, here's Chad Henney. He's going to save us. He had a cool drive in that playoff game last year. You think it's any chance to do Flacco? <laughs> God. <laughs> How did we get to this point? Well, there's one reason we got to this point. I'd know, rather just... see I'd rather see Tim Boyle than a lot of those guys. <laughs> I would. Absolutely. Maybe that's just because I mean, we're partial to him because he was cool to us. But that's like, true. He looked pretty good in the preseason. At least he's relatively young, and like like you said, in the preseason, looked pretty good. He has he has Mike White vibes, like you know, pocket quarterback who at least might have hit that drag to Garrett Wilson on that drive at the end of the game. You know. Yeah. He's our new Mike White. All right, we can start Boyle Hive. Who, by the way, helped the Dolphins drop a 70-burger this <sighs> week. I know, that's what I was saying. I, I watched the highlight. I was like, I traded Raheem Mostert. Also, I, I can't was... believe Mike McDaniel decided to play the classy sportsman move 
and take a knee at the end of the game instead of kicking a field goal for the all-time scoring record. I know. Could have done Sean Payton. Yeah, well, maybe he likes Sean Payton. Who knows? It's Sean Payton. Come on. He, if any coach deserves to have that record on him, it's him. Yeah, he, actually, yeah, he went after his guy. McDaniel's friends with the with Salah. I mean, I guess it's not really. Yeah, come on now. It was fourth down, too. It's not like that's also, that is down. the record. I don't, yeah, you're right. He should have gone for it. Have the record. Well, I'm glad that who has the record? 1966 Washington Redskins, 72. So they would have <laughs> beaten it by one point. All right. Not that I want the Dolphins to have that record, I know. but it's kind of frustrating to watch. That's going to be an interesting game towards the end of the season. That's what I'm saying. It's week three. The time from now to the Black Friday game, it's an eternity. We have so much football left, and it seems like it, the feel on Jets' Twitter is the season's over. Do you feel that way? Yeah, it's over. But that's crazy. It's They're one and two. Hey, beat the Chiefs. We're back. Two and two, baby. Yeah. Come on. I mean, no, it's like you're right. Like you – like you win that game, then it's absolutely. Like, it's just it's like the Pats from last a realistic year. standpoint. It's like there's no reason to think that they can beat the Chiefs until the scoreboard shows the Jets outscoring the Chiefs with zeros on it at the end of that game. So I'll be rooting for it. Absolutely. They beat the Pat. They they lost the Pats last year, and then they beat the Bills the next week and went into their bye. So who knows? Oh God! All right, that's gonna be an interesting preview pod. You can follow CYJ Pod on Twitter, Michael Michael underscore Nanny, and myself Ben W Blessington. Go to JetsXFactor.com, best place to go for Jets content. Check out the other uh, Jets X Factor pods. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube. I think that's it. Michael, last thoughts? Um, end zone paint. End zone paint looked atrocious. End zone paint footprints, which was kind of a sign of things to come with how bad the field was. What, a, what an atrocious field at MetLife. I feel like no other field gets as much controversy. I know. Ugh. All right. That's it. Nick Bodden touchdown, scoring a rushing touchdown for Brees Hall or Dalvin Cook. Who had that on their bingo card? <sighs> week three, on to week four. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Let's do it. One, two, baby. <laughs> Have a great week. Go, Jets.